0: ready.
1: Born ready. Hello, my people. How you doing? Let that vibe keep going a little bit. Keep. I love living a life that's golden. Living my life like it's golden sound like gospel no matter what, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's the gospel
1: version. The gospel is the truth, I'm telling you. I am so excited to be back with you today. Just coming back home from the motherland, had an opportunity to visit Africa, Ethiopia, and uh, the city of Adidas Ababa. I cannot believe I pronounced <laughs> that right <laughs> with with my southern tongue. I had a mm-hmm. I had an awful time trying to get it correct, but I tell you, I am so excited about that trip. I um was given this trip by my children for my birthday. And they also, um, matter of fact, Eldridge ended up paying for my companion Wendell to accompany me. So we were gone a total of 17 days. And we just had a ball. When I tell you, um, we stayed at the Hilton Resort resort, uh, in the presidential suite. And uh, which was two stories. We had the living room downstairs that overlooked the resort and the pool. You went upstairs, it was an additional bathroom and bedroom. Um, the room was decked out with all kinds of refreshments. And anybody who stayed on the presidential suite level, you. Didn't even have to go down to the regular restaurant. It was an executive lounge that was prepared for you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You had different beers, different wines, uh, fruit desserts. I mean, when I tell you I should have been wearing African attire the entire time because I felt like I was the queen of Atlanta <laughs> I felt like I was the queen from Atlanta that went to the motherland to just experience what was our heritage and to be able to do that in the month of February which is black history month was just profound and um um I came to realize the hotel that we stayed in, it was also, it was built and designed by one of the emperors there. And, um, they had recorded parts of shaft at that location as well. And it was just unbelievable. I I got to do something that I, I love to do, but in this time it was huge. It was three major African weddings at the, uh, Hilton resort. Um, and they were huge. They were by, uh, the people who were marrying were either diplomats or somebody who had some notoriety in Africa. And, uh, the parties was two of the parties were like 500 plus. The one that was smaller was about like 200. I crashed all three of those weddings.
0: <laughs> I was just about to ask you. Did you make it? Did you make it inside? I'll tell
1: you, the, the first party, when I seen I was coming down and I seen the wedding party, I was like, I said, they having something special at the hotel. And they was like, it's a wedding. Wow, I went and I said, Man, I gotta take pictures with you all. I was like, um, I got to take pictures. I said, do y'all mind? And they was like, oh, no, you can take pictures. And when the bride came out, oh, when I tell you, beautiful women, the women there are just so gorgeous. It's just in the most humble people you ever seen in your life. I mean, it it is funny because, you know, how... When you come to America, you see um, the various shades of our culture. You you got the Jamaicans the you know, uh, the Indians, all of us, mm-hmm. you know, we, we make up. The Jamaicans, yes.
0: the Caribbeans, different parts of Africa. Exactly. Folks from London that come over thats black. Yeah, oh, it's, it's when Afro-Latino. Yeah. It,
1: it, if being in Africa and seeing those women, and how excited they were to see a black American woman. And to, they literally touched my skin and say, you look like us, you look like us. And was so excited and was, you know, just beautiful. I cannot tell you what that done for me. Um, And the food was, an a inexperienced <laughs> you
0: know they like fry a lot of food is it a lot of meats is it a lot of vegetables well, what is it well
1: they have they have a really variety of things but they have they make their breads um, it's 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 a bread that they often make big trays and it has the vegetables the meats and everything and then it's this I forget the name of it Pardon me, because it is it, I should not have forgotten this. But anybody who looks up Ethiopia and look at the traditional breads, it's sort of like a, a tortilla, um, a, a Mexican tortilla that has that sort of spongy. And they pull this off, and you sort of uh, grasp the vegetables and the meat, and sort of
0: So all with your hand, no test.
1: all with your hand.
0: Post COVID.
1: Yes. And look, and this was another thing that I love. I am glad I had cut my nails because in Africa, they sort of frown upon women with really long nails well,
0: because, everybody, has because to...
1: everybody is sharing and, you know, it's considered, you know, things can be up under your nails. And, but this was another thing that like, typically it's amazing how we all may have been separated, but we, inadently have certain cultures that are within our culture that is really coming from our motherland. It's sort of like children who are adopted out, but when they come back to their blood family, they are doing certain things that the blood family does. So this, um, you can see this in the way that they um, uh, uh, interact at dinner uh, with the music and the gathering together, the family. But the one thing um uh, when you're sharing the food, it is a custom. It's it's um it's an act of loving on you as a sister or brother or friend to to grab the food and then they feed you. You know, so
0: <laughs> like hand it to you or put it in your mouth. No,
1: to put it in your mouth like at weddings. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, man, I appreciate that, bro. Just, just hand it <laughs> to me.
1: No, this is funny. But you know how at a wedding that you get a cake and you put it, share it in, the bride put it in the groom's yeah, yeah, mouth? Yeah, bride
0: and groom. Yeah. Right.
1: We do that as an act of affection between like an intimate thing between mm-hmm. a man and a woman or, or you know, your significant other. Yeah. They do it as a gesture of just loving on you. You know, I guess
0: you do it with family too. Like, you know, you have children and you feed them.
1: Correct. But you can, but there are friends.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'll feed them. (laughs) Right.
1: That's
0: my boy. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to do that.
1: But look, this is funny. They, of course, everybody, they're very uh, particular, very particular at restaurants and everything about you washing your hands and being clean before dinner for this purpose. So, you know, it's is not a thing of, uh, of being clean. It's just when that experience happened to you, somebody reaches across the table and offer to put something in your face, you know, the first thing you think like, um. You know, particularly if, if it's a male to a female or you, you think that is a romantic gesture, but it isn't. It's just a, a sign of of loving on each other. You'll you'll literally see mothers feeding their grown daughters food, you know. So when I seen that, that was quite unique. And this food in general, you have to uh, you know, make sure you are aware what you're eating because the food is quite spicy. You know, typically it has a a spice to it that is unbelievable. So Yeah, that's where you lose me right there. I'm I, li- <laughs> I literally drank a whole pitcher of water because <laughs> I tried something with with sauce and I can't take spicy foods, particularly things that are really, really hot. So we, the collard greens and the cabbage literally taste like ours. Um, I didn't um, fare well with a lot of the dairy products, even though they were good. Um, the, the taste of them was really good, but the dairy um, just wasn't agreeable with my system. And, um, the other thing is the Ethiopian, uh, women dance, they dance very moderately. So it's, it's a difference because, you know, I just automatically assume a lot of the dancing that you've seen Eldritch doing, I think he was in Kenya or Nigeria, the dances was a lot more um intense, a lot more physically challenging. And I noticed with the Ethiopian women, it um and it could be because of the grace uh, that they exhibit in their presence, but their dancing is very modest and um, like I said, just very long flowing hair typically even um when it is the texture is a little bit more coarse is still the afros are beautiful just you know they they really have a beautiful display of just the their hair in the designs of their hair and um the one thing that i really found to be intriguing that the people constantly all day have a uh, coffee and, um, they literally sit together in a circle or, um, or sit together as a couple and whoever is serving the tea, I mean the coffee, they roast the beans. And everything right there, it's it's a whole process that they go through as a way of really just sort of calming you down from the stress of the day. They brown the coffee, and then they brew it. But it's some of the strongest coffee. Literally, you'll stay up two days.
0: Do they mix it with anything, like any sugar? uh, Most people will
1: do sugar if they do it, but very few people use the cream, and it's actually good, but when I tell you I was up two days, and they don't serve real big cups like we do.
0: Oh, concentrate is kind of strong. It is
1: extremely strong, but for them, it's not that strong because that's what they're accustomed to, but for somebody who... (laughs) It and literally made me hot. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I was Because well, literally... it's, it's fresh though. You said they grind the beans yes. and everything. We get a lot of process.
1: Yes. That, so. When I tell you, they take the it, it, their green beans uh, when they start the process and they just sit there and turn turn them over the fire until they're roasted. And then they do brew them in some kind of way. I didn't really see that process. They sort of allow you to see them roasting the beans and um but when you sit there and just sort of people come together in the community it's just a we have starbucks but people typically come in and order and they sit with people they know it, or they sit with people who they're meeting to conduct business but coffee in ethiopia is a community thing So you can be complete, total strangers and you're just sort of, um, it's coffee booths all throughout the city. You just sit and the people come together and talk and it's a beautiful thing because it, it really create a very communal and cohesive community in which you're engaging each other. So it was really nice. And, um, we had, um, live music there at the resort and um and I noticed most people there they just sort of listen but the music was really nice so you know I was up dancing a little bit and um and when they seen my engagement them they begin to play American music James Brown I feel good and oh man when I tell you we had um such a blast. It was on this resort. They had tennis, they had basketball, they had pools that were hot springs. Um, they had the regular swimming pool. They had the massage parlors. They had, um, a shopping strip mall. They had art gallery. Um, they had concerts. You had the gym, you could uh there were places where you could purchase your diamonds and design your jewelry. It was unbelievably nice. And this what was crazy. I decided I I love to get massages. So, I was using the gym a lot and so and I would go to the sauna to make sure I wasn't getting um stiff and I went to the steam room, the jacuzzi, but guess how much an hour massage was? Whether it was Swiss or uh, deep tissue, just guess what an hour cost.
0: In in American dollars? Yes. Like $10.
1: It was $14.
0: Okay, wow, wow.
1: Let me tell you. I,
0: I know you were in there like, give me a couple more. Just I'm like... <laughs> take a $20. And can you, do you have to convert your money, though, or do they take...
1: American- like, yeah. Now, this is the thing. If you go to Ethiopia, your money is... Uh, the American money is, of course, more valuable. But people would prefer to have American money. They would prefer... A lot of people come and then they exchange for their money. Mm-hmm. But and and that's okay because you do at the time that I was there, um for every one dollar American money, that equaled to $53 of their money. So <laughs> that was a big, a huge difference. So you um and this is the other thing. If you go there and you do exchange your money, you need to keep the receipt because um, they need to know that you um, exchange your money with the current market. Because there are other means of exchanging your money with the black market that isn't really legitimate, and so the only way that they know,
0: like you said, there's other way, like you can take your American dollars on the black market, and they can. Exchange it for you, but probably give you more. They will what they will exactly
1: because and and this is the thing you could get American um dollar for fifty three dollars with the bank, but if you go to the black market, you could exchange um one American dollar for ninety seven dollars but when you get ready to use wow. right but when you get ready to use that money in the american established uh institutions like the hotel or something they will not give you they won't allow you to use that money unless you can prove that you uh got okay. it legitimately
0: wow
1: right so That's you can crazy. shop, you can go, you can go into regular stores.
0: Street markets and stuff. Yeah. So you come or,
1: back. or the malls or mm-hmm. anything like that. But you know, like at the Hilton, what that meant, just say for instance, uh, my bill in American, well, I had to I, I made several re- reservations, but this one particular reservation, um, it was five hundred and 45 American dollars. Now that was about, I forget how many thousands of dollars it was in theirs. I think it was about, um, don't hold me to this unless you do the math, but in their money, it was about $28,000, but that $28,000 translated into 207 American dollars rather than the 500. And $45. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so the hotel yeah. wanted to see that I had got that money with the current
0: Exchange market. Yeah. Right.
1: So otherwise they want to use your credit card because the the American dollar is is more money. So you know it was it was those things. I bought a pair of earrings, sterling silver. Guess how much?
0: Early silver, uh, well, the exchange rate, so probably 25, dollars
1: it's four dollars and 20 cents. Oh, wow, I know, <laughs> I know. So, so where's
0: it? Oh, but you, so even when you buy the stuff out there, though, you still have to get it back through customs. And but it's, and... it's
1: duty free, though. It's oh, okay. duty free. So you so you
0: could have bought, so you could have over there with nothing. Uh, let me and tell just you, brought bags back when with
1: I you. tell you I go back. <laughs> <laughs> You're not
0: taking nothing but what you got would, on right exactly. now. Exactly. Okay. I
1: will not be. I won't even buy my luggage here. I'm going buy it there. Over there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Right. What, what's
0: What's the What's the craziest thing you saw over there that was like discounted? Like you know, you go over there and you probably saw like, like you said, like luggage for like,
1: you know, I, a I five mean, piece
0: set for two dollars.
1: Well, you know what? This This is what I was amazed first. Um what i I just what I was blown away is that the people there that their, their money has that level of disparity from the American dollar correct now in america um and maybe it may be me i I can only speak of my experience, but in America, every time I see things about Africa in general that is coming from the media as a whole is talking about the wars of Africa is talking about, you know, and this is why I think perception is everything because, um, Africa Sudan was in a war and even Ethiopia was in a turmoil right now because mm-hmm. it was a, um, it's a struggle between the Orthodox church and the government trying to interfere with the Orthodox. Orthodox church. So they was oh,
0: was like a religious. Right. So
1: it was a conflict that was going on. But the people there, they work normal jobs. They um they, I'm not saying that they don't have their challenges, but in general, the the atmosphere was that people were making a living as we are, doing what they do. And you go and you look at Africa; it is being completely invaded by China and the Caucasians. They telling everybody else, "Don't go over here because mm-hmm. all this stuff is going," and they buying up everything yeah, right
0: over there. That's what they say. That's what they
1: say. They now this is what the average American. I'm telling you, as African American families, we need to get together and at least begin to buy our own timeshares in these different places because let me give you a perfect example. A condo in Adidas Baba, two bedroom, two baths, kitchen, two balcony. And it includes your water, electric and um, um, water, electric and Wi-Fi. Guess what the cost of that is in American dollars? Monthly? Yes.
0: Like $50, $50 a month?
1: No, it's not that low, but oh. it's $350 a month.
0: That, that's still pretty damn exactly. low. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: still pretty low.
1: But when you're living like that with the money that we have here and you can rotate, you know, back in the day as, as black people, we would move up north to take advantage of the better paying jobs. And then, you know, you would in the summer, the children would go to the south to live with grandma oh. or auntie so that they would make sure we're being rounded, get some country time and then come back up to the north because it was better schools, it was better opportunities. This is the the innovative thinking I think we need to begin to have. When it relates to allowing ourselves to go back and visit a lot of things that um, we've never experienced from our culture, this is a part of who I was. It completely just changed the way I was thinking about Africa. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we, you know,
0: and the motorcycles in Africa too. And look,
1: <laughs> not so loud. <laughs> Not so loud, but you know, and this it really brought me to a better understanding when I was living in Louisiana. I went to um and I think I've talked about this before on my other podcast about um our heritage and how it related to black history. but when I was down in louisiana it's it's um it's an area that you can go and see where all the plantations. Uh, where a main um, uh, subdivision of plantations were. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest plantations in Louisiana was called Whitney, the Whitney Plantation. And in this particular plantation, when you visit, it tells you that in the African trade, the American government or the American people they didn't just pick up black people from Africa and bring them here for slavery. For years before um, they began to really um, advance the the efforts of slavery here in America, they had infiltrated the community of Africa and studied the the different tribes. They knew which tribe were. The best musicians, the they knew the tribes who were the best uh, had the best culinary uh, skill. They knew the uh, tribe who was more um, skilled in architectural and um, building skills. So when they went to pick up slaves from Africa, they were picking people up based upon their tribe and making sure that those tribes were not um, intermingling so that there was a serious language issue. And also that it created an animosity among us because, one, we didn't necessarily speak the language because even in Ethiopia, I think um, one of the um, tourist guys was, telling me it was 107 languages just in that area
0: in one area like is it like the same language but like different accents like we got
1: it's dialect yeah but but there, in some sense is you're not even speaking the same thing you know so you're looking at people but you don't always know that um th- that you're going to be able to speak the same language because we look alike you know, and a lot of times there is obvious um um futures that let you know like it was very obvious to some people that I wasn't a native, but then in certain areas um people would begin to speak to me in that language because they thought I was.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, but I know some people who saw you just started talking.
1: Exactly. And was completely surprised to find out I was from America. Wow. You know, and and it's a thing there that they really look down upon you when you, like, sort of uh, is dismissive of the culture. And a couple of times... I wasn't speaking. I was was not engaging in the business, so somebody could engage for me. Mm-hmm. And so when the people was talking to me, I was quiet. And they they really were offended by my behavior because they thought I was being dismissive. Mm-hmm. And one guy was like saying, "That's not how you treat your people." And this and and, and the tourist guide had to tell him, "She's American. She don't understand you."
0: Oh, okay. and, he thought you. She you <laughs> we right. were talking to him.
1: Exactly, you ain't
0: knowing him.
1: And when he he told him that, he completely changed. He said, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't know you was American. <laughs> it was like you. You look just like my sister. But if not,
0: he's gonna chop you off.
1: <laughs> exactly, because he was like, like I dare you act like you don't know.
0: Like you don't know me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm your cousin.
1: Exactly. So. You know, it was just being, I was able to be there so long that literally I began to, I know how to get around now in the city. Yeah, because
0: you were there 17 days. Yes. So that's, that's not a little bit of time. Exactly. That's like after the first week of the hype kind of wears off. Right. The second week, you're kind of there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Look, I completely, Um, I went to visit my daughter, Victoria, because she lives mm. there. And I left the hotel and completely told the driver, "Um, I'll give you the directions. And she lived maybe about 15 minutes away from me. I completely navigated him through the traffic. He said, you live here? And I was like, no. He said, how do you know? I was like, I've been here a couple of times. So I I know." know, man, when I tell you I felt so good because you know, it is not a lot of- Because
0: is it is it, was it road roads? Or right. was it, it
1: was like dirt roads, something and I had to get on the highway. That was paved, but when I got off of the highway, mm-hmm. it's literally, you just got to know where you're going because, you know, it's shepherds over here with lambs. Yeah. It's cows over here. So if
0: it's another car, y'all like side by side, just kind of-
1: Right. And you don't, know, it's, it's is the, the roads don't all have names. So, you know, you got to just know where you are. So, <laughs> Damn. I completely, I knew, like, I can literally go there now and feel like, I mean, I know where the the stores that sell American food. I know the stores that sell the traditional groceries. You know, I, I literally know how to convert the, 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 um, pricing of the food and you know I I totally in in this what blew my mind I was out in about in this city at 11 and 12 o'clock at night and I felt safer there than I would have been if I was downtown Atlanta (laughs) by myself
0: Uh, that's that's and that's something interesting because like you said, the propaganda will make you feel like even over there, yes in eleven midnight you better be in the house because they're jacking Americans and you can't like I, you said you felt with I your felt
1: total and listen and then they got military that is armed around like the where the district I was living in, a lot of the diplomats and everybody is sort of in that area. Because so, that's
0: why the hotels and kind of like the Americans and right like the tourists. Well,
1: you got it's sort of integrated throughout the whole city. I mean, when I tell you that particular city, it's like the Buckhead of that area. Like okay. you know, yeah. so so you know, but look how our crime rate is in Buckhead. Mm-hmm. But literally, when you were um, going down the street and people would be asking for money. Nobody would ever snatch things from you. You didn't have to clutch your purse.
0: They had people out there asking for money? Yes, in the streets, soon as you
1: come out the hotel, you know, people are asking for money, but they never, like, I'm not telling you it's not crime there, but I'm telling you, I am a black American woman. I'm out on the town, walking sometime by myself, in an African country, and I felt safer than I would be if I was doing that same thing in be- Buckhead walking on the streets by myself at 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. And that says a lot when it comes to how much more um cultivated our cities are, and then knowing the division that it, that country is experiencing with government overthrows and different things, you know, um, and I think that's one thing that you have to think about a lot of times, um, no matter how beautiful, um, your communities are, and no matter how challenged your communities are, they're made up of people. And it's how re- people engage with each other is what gives us a sense of safety. And I'm very grateful for my country. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting America down. I, I'm very grateful that I can make statements that I'm making right now. And I can do this without the fear, um, the general fear of feeling like I'm, I'm going to be locked up or put in prison for my words. But... There are some things that we could really advance from when we also look at the community of the world, you know, and sort of get back to the simplicity of just knowing that no matter where we are, like we're, we're going through some growing pains in the country right now where people don't always appreciate that there is somebody next to you that is from another country who has a different religion, who um, may be on a different economic level. I was able to see this in my motherland where that diversity was being embraced and a lot of their struggles is coming from economic struggles, Mm -hmm. but it's not coming from a communal sense of, embracing the community itself
0: so so would you say uh like over there when you talk to any of the of the locals or any of the native people like from the area what was their opinion on America did they have an opinion on America in
1: general and I lie not I know some people are gonna think I'm telling a lie this is not a lie at all uh-huh. everybody that ended up, sort of engaging about America to me and different things, everybody made a joke about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. And then most of those people followed that up, you know, being so proud of Obama, you know, mm. but it was amazing. And and that was not just African of of the black descent. I mean, it was Asian people I talked to um, a diplomat that was Asian. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she was a diplomat of Sudan. And oh, okay. they were making comments. Like, you know, they were talking about they're hearing it's another opportunity that Trump could be president again.
0: Yeah, I mean, he said he's running. So he's, right. Yeah.
1: And they they were making statements. I hope the the black people vote again to say no. You yeah. know, so it was, you know, It's it's hard to be America the way we sort of present ourselves to the world and people not be engaged with Mm -hmm. our culture and what's going on. Yeah. Um, The, I, I, you know, and I'm about when I'm there, just being a part of that moment, the culture and Mm -hmm. meeting people. Guess who I ran into in the hotel, just sort of being myself talking. Um,
0: the Kimbe Matumbo.
1: <laughs> no, oh. But look, this uh, uh, ex-mayor Bill Campbell. Oh, yeah. He had a financial um, analyst uh, who managed uh, in his administration. Mm-hmm. Her name was Ethiopia. She was there. Wow. And wow. we got to talking. That was amazing. And she's
0: like, You from Atlanta? you he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm from
1: Atlanta. Okay. Exactly. She told me, she said, do you know Mayor Bill Campbell? Mm-hmm. And I can't forget, I, I can't remember what her ex-husband's name was, but we sit down and talked. We talked about um Mayor uh Bill Campbell. Um uh, she talked uh about she knew Derek Boseman them. Mm-hmm. She she knew I mean, she knew all these major. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, because Bill Campbell around that time, yeah, exactly kicking up.
1: And what was uh, Derek's best friend that just missed uh, Mm Langford? She knew Langford. I mean, she
0: had in the Langford. Exactly,
1: she knew all of the major players of Atlanta, and it that was just intriguing. And this what was crazy: we were in the elevator, and I complimented one of her nieces who sort of was shy. In that, you know, she thought it was a little maybe intrusive that I was speaking to her, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit because it it was just one. Yeah, foreign, yeah. Yeah. And then I I just sort of joked, I said, you know, made a joke. I was like, I said, okay, I should be quiet. They say you should be quiet in the elevator. I said, but I can't help myself. You never know who you're standing next to. So you want to get to know somebody. In uh, Ethiopia, that's her name. She ended up saying, she said, Where are you from? I said, Atlanta. She said, I've worked there for many years. And I was like, really? And we got to talking. I got off the elevator with him. And then she said, and this is why you should engage in the elevator.
0: Y'all <laughs> hear that?
1: Right? So I, you know, it's it's a principle that is in the book that says, um, what is it, we're six degrees away from any person we want to meet?
0: Yeah, it's six degrees of separation.
1: Exactly, but you will never know where you are in that measurement if you're not engaging, you know, or even if you're not the one who initiated, you know, um, the willingness to engage the one that is engaging initially just brings you more in harmony with, um, the people you love, you know, or or people or the goals you're trying to achieve. And so it's not that hard. We, long as you are in, I say this all the time on other podcasts, you have to move towards the idea of finding it to be the most crucial thing is to find the authentic side of who you are. And that doesn't mean that you're not gonna change because you are. Everything changes. The only thing that you can be guaranteed of in life is that change is going to happen. But if you are making sure that you are showing up in that moment of change or that moment of consistency, whatever state that you show up, show up as authentic as possible. And everything that you're hoping for, looking forward, trying to reach the goal of, it is along the path of authenticity, you know, and it will happen. So I know that I was planning to go to Africa. I had made the statement right before um, my father passed away that I was planning to take a trip with Eldridge on one of his African. Excursions and I didn't know that it was going to be this soon, but just having a conversation with my children, it was like, Mom, what are you going to do for your birthday? And I was like, I'm not sure. Victoria is moving to Ethiopia. I think it would be a great thing to go and visit her and be a part of that transition with her. And little did I know they were going to put a trip together for me to go. And then Eldridge ended up uh, stepping it up even more to um, uh, be willing to fund for Wendell to to accompany me. And I had no idea that setting the goal of going was going to happen so quickly. And I never did, I I never could have imagined that in this point in my life, how, um, mind blowing and just mind elevating this trip was for me. And I just want to encourage, um, my listeners, all of you who are listening to me now, I know that we have to do the things that are responsible. You know, we should want to do those things, but I do want to encourage you that travel is important. It's not just about always um, the expense of it and, and how granular it is, but this is one reason why traveling is good. One, it opens the mind. It, it It helps you to explore opportunities, see the world differently from a different place. It gives you a break from the day-to-day operations. And a lot of you, whether you're young or older, we don't often realize that sometimes when you are just working out of responsibility, your mind and your soul and spirit gets tired and you need to take that break. And sometimes just being removed from your regular environment. A lot of people take off work, but they stay at home. I'm not telling you not to do that, but I'm going to tell you what is a good um, thing to remember about removing yourself from what is familiar, it opens you up in a different way. Even your senses respond differently because it's an unfamiliar place. And even when um, it comes to your health, uh, scientists are now... um, Stating that to offset some of these, um, diseases that affect the mind, whether it's depression, Alzheimer's or dementia, it, it needs to be things that are new that are being exposed to the mind and causing the mind to respond and exercise differently. Um, because to continuously to do things the same way all the time creates a deficiency. Um, In a weariness of the uh, neutrons and all these things that are in the the brain that causes it to refurbish itself. So I want to encourage you to travel. If it is nothing but to travel to a relative's home that you can embrace and would be welcomed so that you can just get a minute away from the work and the hustle and bustle of every day. Do that and give yourself a break. And it, it, it does the, these things. It causes you to explore. It causes you to have a renewed spirit to come back and do the things you need to do. And also, it gives you an opportunity to see the fruit of your labor. All of your labor shouldn't be going to bills and the responsibility of everybody else. Treat yourself. You know, you don't want to wait till you get a certain age to do things you've been wanting to do because you're not guaranteed that you're going to reach it. So take today and think about yourself and think about the ones you love and give yourself some memories to create. And if you have an opportunity to visit any part of Africa as African descent, I promise you that it will be uh, an excursion that you'll never forget. I want to thank you for listening again. This has been another episode of Simply Paulette, and we are looking forward to seeing you next week, and you just keep living your life like it's golden. This has been another production of the Jess Eldridge Media Podcast.